One of 12 children, Michael was left to fend for himself. No love, no care, just survival, one day at a time. You know, being homeless, being around violence, being around drugs, not having, you know, food at night. Child services placed him in foster care at the age of seven, but even there he was an afterthought. He received little attention and no discipline. He failed first grade and had to repeat it. The exact same thing happened in second grade. During his first nine years as a student, he attended 11 different schools. You had to really spend some time to trace dates and times and where he had had been in school, but I could tell initially that he had been academically deficient. I really don't see how he can make it. So I said, okay, we'll take you. You'd be on an academic probation. That's how Michael spent his childhood, a statistic, a failure, a poor black kid that the world looked down on. Shuffled from foster home to foster home, he often just ran away. He preferred to be homeless, and he was only a child. It was easy for me to say, you know, I'm going to hang out with, with these guys and, you know, do drugs and not go to school, but I decided I didn't want to do it. I wanted to, you know, be something in life. But then compassion, kindness, and love changed Michael's life forever. Tony Henderson, the father of one of Michael's friends who lived outside the projects, regularly let Michael sleep on his couch. When Michael took a son, Stephen, to be enrolled in Briar Creek Christian Academy, an elite private school, he took Michael along. Tony spoke to the school's football coach, who ultimately convinced the headmaster to give Michael a chance. Then Sean Tui, whose daughter Collins was in one of Michael's classes, noticed Michael hanging around the school gym and made an effort to get to know him. He soon realized that Michael had no money and started paying for his lunches. That November, Sean's wife, Leanne, was driving past a bus stop near the school when she saw Michael get off the bus in a t-shirt and jeans, but no coat. You know, I think it's just mother's intuition, just something that was just kind of that nagging at you that just said, you know, turn around. She took him shopping for some clothing and invited him for Thanksgiving. Over time, the Tuies welcomed Michael into their home. They paid his tuition to Briarcrest. They hired a private tutor to help him fix his failing grades. They gave him his own room and bought him a new wardrobe. But the Tuies went beyond giving money and help. They sincerely cared about Michael and he became a part of their family. Michael needed somebody, and it was so evident that there was nobody in his life, and to me, it just broke my heart. And, and it's the only explanation that makes any sense is we feel Michael was sent to us. A little over a year later, Leanne told Michael something he had never heard before. I love you. It was a statement that Michael would never forget. Shortly after that, the Tuies became his adoptive parents. The Tui children, Collins and SJ, were some of his best friends and biggest cheerleaders. One of my friends looks at me and says, you have a lot of pictures of this big black guy in your room. Are you a really big fan of him? I said, no, Joanne, that's my brother. Your brother's black? Well, yes, he is. Michael continued to thrive with the Tuies. He lettered in track, basketball, and football. He was named one of the top offensive linemen in the country. Recruited by college football programs all over the country, he accepted a scholarship to play football at the University of Mississippi. He became an All-American his freshman year and went on to win almost every award for his position in college football. In April 2009, Michael was selected in the first round of the NFL draft by the Baltimore Ravens. Michael Orr, offensive tackle of Mississippi. Signing a contract for almost 14 
$15 million. And the Tuies were right there alongside him. 